0: Stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag which he had, even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. He had chosen him five smooth stones out of the brook, put them in a shepherd's bag which he had, even in a scrip, and his sling in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Tonight, if I can, for just a few moments, I just want to preach on the thought, it's not your last fight. Amen. It is not your last fight. Can we pray together? Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for your people. And I pray tonight that you would challenge our hearts. I pray God speak to us. Father, I pray that you would would, uh, make your word alive and powerful. Lord, anoint our ears to hear our hearts, to receive and understand. And Father, I pray your anointing on my mind, my lips to preach. And Father, we truly give you all the praise and all of the glory. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. It is not your last fight. We have made much reference at various times of the fact that we know that in this walk with God... We know that on this side of heaven, there is much that we are contending with. There are many things that we are fighting against. The Word of God reminds us, the Apostle Paul had said that it's not flesh and blood, but it's principalities and powers, it's spiritual wickedness in high places, it's rulers of darkness. We understand that every day ahead of us, there is a battle in one form or fashion of another. They take on different shapes and sizes, and they come in different degrees. Some that maybe are in a battle and in something so intense that you almost feel as if you you would melt away. It seems maybe that every ounce of faith that you have and every bit of strength and emotional fortitude that you can muster is tested to the limit, to the max. There are some things that we see... Some Sometimes there are what we might describe as small grievances. There might be things that kind of act like the pebble that's in your shoe. It's enough to irritate you, Brother Tobin. You know that it's there, but you wouldn't necessarily say that it is life-altering. You wouldn't necessarily say that it is something that you feel is going to take you out, but nonetheless, it's a fight. We know that the Word of God reminds us of the fact that just simply within in our flesh, there is a war that rages between the flesh and the spirit. The spirit truly is willing, and yet the flesh is weak. The apostle Paul had also made re- reference to the fact that not only was he dying daily and submitting himself uh, as a slave to righteousness, but he even addresses the conflict. He said, The things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, that's what I do. And he was preaching or and teaching about that that conflict, the dichotomy of what goes on inside of us. All of us, uh, to one degree or another, we are warring. We are fighting. And let me just be abundantly clear is that this is something that'll be uh, until we make heaven our home. This is something that's uh, that uh, number one is worth uh, fighting for and contending for. Paul had said in his declaration to Timothy, he said, I have fought. The good fight. Amen. I have fought the fight. And we tonight understand uh, many of us very well about what it is that we're fighting and what we're battling. There are some things that may be trying to define. There are some things we're trying to put our finger on. There are some wars that we're involved in. And and, uh, maybe it's hard in the moment. We can use the general uh, purpose of identity to say that the devil is fighting me and warring me but then there are times there are some very specific things that we could put our fingers on maybe there are some specific uh, things going on in who we are our attitude our character our makeup and sometimes I can assure you right now and I'll testify that sometimes Jacob Smith he is his own worst enemy amen there are some th- times brother Hemphill I've got to look in the mirror and say it's not them but it's you sir it's not the devil but it's you sir that one that's looking back at me amen but needless to say establishing the fact that we are in the fight and I want to encourage the church tonight you would say well brother Jacob your title doesn't sound all that encouraging because you're saying it's not our last fight but I want to say this tonight is that we have to and we cannot afford to slack. We cannot afford uh, to set by and uh, not under, and, and not be aware of the fact uh, hey man that there are some things that not only are going on right now but I will tell you is that there are some things that are yet to come there are some enemies and there are some pitfalls and there are some wars that are on the horizon there are some things that may be right now lay dormant uh, there are some things that maybe right now seem like like the devil's done for God about that part of your life or this particular piece or whatever the case might be but I want to remind the church tonight of this very truth is that hell is not looking to go on vacation the enemy is not looking to lay back and roll over and say well I'm just deciding to leave them alone oh they're a praying bunch they're a bunch that believe in the power of God and the victory that God's going to bring. And yes, can I say that we don't have to give place to the devil. We can rebuke him and he will flee. We have power. We of Holy Ghost power amen to overcome the enemy but let me say this is that hell is always strategizing hell is always looking for a way looking for a foothold looking for a crack looking for a crevice and church can I say tonight there are some things that we can look around in this house tonight and we can testify and we can all proudly proclaim Claim that God has given us some great victories. We have seen healings. We have seen salvation have seen God put some things back together. We have seen folks step into God's purpose and His will and His call. We have seen and recognize that there have been families who are on the brink of losing it all and God pulled them from the pits of despair. We have wept together. We have prayed together. We have shouted together. Last Sunday night I mean the the glory of God had set right down in this house. It's like my friend, Pastor Michael Tom, I've heard him say many a time, he said, heaven bent down and kissed earth. And we got caught up right in the middle of the smack. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, I love moments like that. When there is victory that literally feels tangible in the house. Where the power of God... It's surging like a It's flowing like a river And I mean you can just feel The victory You can feel faith rising You can see those things That are going on But I don't want to be foolish church I don't want us to be blindsided I want you to understand That yes God has given us Victories yesterday And God is working today But I want to remind you That you have not fallen your last battle that there are some wars still yet ahead of us but I want to tell you the same God that brought victory then, the same God that made a way today is the same God that's going to make a way in the future he's the same God that's there, he's the same God of power he's the same God you may not know and I may not know what's going on in the days ahead. But we serve a God who does know, who's already made plan and preparation, who's a million steps ahead of where we are. And I can tell you, though we don't know every foe, we don't know every shape and size, we don't know how big, bad, and ugly. What I got confidence in is I know who Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was thinking to myself, and I know that many of you have probably heard preaching along these lines, but I had asked myself and even had jotted it down here, and I said, Why did he choose five when it only took one? Amen. Why, Brother Eddie, did he choose five stones? when it was only going to take one. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 17 and 49, And David put his hand in his bag, and took thence a stone and slang it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead. And the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face on the earth. David put that stone in there, in that sling and with the same accuracy of a, a sniper in the army come on here that philistine was decked with armor from head to toe he felt he was fortified brother Pickens there ain't no way matter of fact he cursed and carried on at David and he said even said what kind, you know, what kind of dog do you think I am sending this boy out here I mean what kind of what kind of mess is this and David I love the Bible saying Oh he tried He tried to get uh, You know we know the story He tried on Saul's armor and all this He said no it ain't going to work I'm not going to go into all of those things We've heard much of that preached But we know that David He had something that he had used Something he had confidence in But the Bible says He went down to that brook And he picked out five smooth stones And put them in there And Brother Marvin He put that stone in that sling And I love what the Bible says the Bible says that David ran to him. Amen. If you look that up, he ran to him. Ran to him in the heat of the battle. Ran to him in the middle of the fight. And it wasn't the fact, brother Christian, that I think that David had the utmost confidence in his skill set. And that it wasn't the fact that he didn't think for a moment that Goliath couldn't pull something sneaky and squash him like a bug. But you see the answer lies in what David said. What he said to Saul, when they said you're but a youth and this man has been a man of war from his youth and David said but what you don't understand he said when I was out there in that pasture he said a lion and a bear came to take that my father's sheep and he said the Lord delivered the lion and the Lord delivered the bear into my hand and can I say David brother Torbert he was looking back and he said that wasn't my last fight it wasn't my first and it's not going to be my last can I tell you thank God for the victories that he's given and you can look at him and say you can use that as a catalyst that's going to catapult you into the enemy's territory to say if God done it before I know that he'll do it again if God delivered before I know he'll deliver now if he healed back then I know he'll heal now if he saved then I know he'll save now this ain't my first battle and it's not my last hallelujah he went in the confidence of who God was he even said it he said I come to you in the name of the Lord Amen, not with sword and shield. He said, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And while he's on the run, he launches that stone and hits the only open piece of real estate in the armory of that Goliath. And the Bible says that stone sunk right into his forehead. But again, the question, the question, if it was only going to take one, why grab five? What well, I want you to understand is that David, it is believed, and I'm going to reference some points in Scripture here. It is believed, first of all, the lion and the bear were a precursor to Goliath. I want you to understand something tonight that we love to shout about when God, is we feel, is taking us into new heights. The Word of God said, Paul made the de- declaration, he said, he takes me from glory to glory, Right? He has lifted me up into heavenly places. What well, I want you to understand tonight though is sometimes in the modern day preacher and the, and the, uh, 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 the charismatic or the uh, 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 prosperity gospel would tell you that if you can reach these new levels, then all of your troubles are behind you. That if you can attain this, you ain't got to worry about such and such anymore. And I can tell you, I have found that to be absolutely false. Come on here come on here. I can tell you and assure you that you get involved in anything for God. You give your life to Christ. I'm telling you we can shout the glory down in here on a Sunday night and on Monday morning all of hell and every demon with him is standing there greeting you on Monday morning and says I want you to prove everything you said you got. I want to see what you're made of. Oh Goliath said give me a man that we might fight. And hell still makes a call. Hell still issues a challenge. And it says you might have won the last one but we're going to get you on this one. I want to tell you David reach down brother Chad because you see and we're going to reference this, the fact is, is that Goliath had some brothers. Goliath had some kin folks, And I can just imagine brother Eddie the Bible doesn't tell us this specifically. But I can just imagine since Mr. Sandy that David was down there and he was grabbing those stones and he was picking and I can hear him say Lord I believe it's only going to take one to drop Goliath here this Philistine in the field of Eli here today he said but I know that that, that enemy I know that old giant's got some kin folks he's got some brothers we've heard about him and we've seen him you got to understand the history of Israel and the Philistines have been going on, contention had been happening for a long time. And there they knew about these men of Gath. They knew about these men, these giants that were in the land. And the Bible, as he picks those out, Brother Torbert, I believe with all of my heart, he says this. He's saying within himself, Lord, I know you're going to give me this battle, but I'm going to have four more because there's some other devils going to fight me. There's some other giants that I'm going to face friends can I tell you be careful don't just throw your hands up and walk away from a glorious service or from a victory that's been won and say bless God boy we got the devil whooped he ain't coming around our neighborhood anymore no I'm going to tell you because a lot of folks they can have victory in a moment but their world and they're turned upside down on their head and we have people in a state of emergency and they're saying I don't know what to do I'll tell you church we need to be prepared and understand is that my last battle wasn't my first and what I'm in right now is not my last but Lord I know you'll take care of it once but I'm going to get the resources I want to stay full of the Holy Ghost I want to keep myself in the word I want to keep myself in the altar because this is not my last battle Oh, so I want to tell you, friends. I'm glad you made that trip to the altar, but don't let it be your last. On, brother Jake. Okay. You remember, brother Jake. You remember how hard I cried. You remember, you remember how long I stood there and had my hands lifted. Yes, I do, and I was glad. I cried with you, I raised my hands with you, I shouted with you, come on here, come on here, hear me, I'll be right there in the trenches with you, but the problem is, is that a lot of us, we feel like we get a sense of victory, and then, well, well, ain't got to worry about much anymore, come on here, ain't got to worry about much anymore. You let a battle get real hot. People get in the altars. People get to worshiping. People get to pressing in. And I thank God for it. But I'm going to ask you why? Why stop at one? Because certainly hell's not going to take a break. I had a fella ask me the other day, and he was just very sincere just a conversation between me and a stranger, and we were talking. He said, in your church, he said, do y'all have altars where people go pray? I said, yes, sir, we do. He said, that's unusual. He said, I've been in a lot of churches now. There's no more altars. I said, I know. I said, I'm not looking how to take altars out. I want to look for ways to put more of them in. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Right. And he said, he said, he got to talking about that altar. And he said, I went to the altar once when I was a boy. And I said, I said how, long have you, how long has it been since you've been back to an altar? How long has it been since you've been back in the service? He said, well, it's been many years. He said, but... He said, isn't one time good? Don't that cover me for a while? But the truth of the matter is is there's a lot of believers in the church who have that same philosophy. Don't that cover me for a while? Ain't I good for a little stretch? Brother Jake, do I really? Let me tell you something. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, I was just taught. Now this might ruffle some feathers because here's the thing. It's not, I know that it's not about the piece of furniture, so to speak. I know it's not about just making it a tradition and a form of what we do. But the best advice, brother Christian, I was ever given as a young man was that when that pastor makes an altar call, even if you know it don't apply to you, you get up in that altar and you pray. You pray, even if you're praying for somebody else, even if you're praying for another situation. If you would say that it's as far, far removed, that particular sermon was as far removed from me, I didn't necessarily need it. I, 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 and I know that's a little bit taboo to say, but I can say that with some certainty because I hear people in the church all the time, I sure wish so-and-so would have been here to hear that message. And I think, well, well, how about you? How, how about us that are here? But but I was taught you just get in that altar. I was taught you find yourself a place to pray. My altar sister Haley has looked different at times. There was times it was this altar. It was the altar in the church. There was times Brother Gary it was on the side of the platform with my face buried in the carpet. There were times it was me literally locking myself in the closet of my bedroom. There's been times it's been me and the Lord driving down the road in in a truck. Amen. There's been times that it's been different places. I've been in hospitals. I've been in different areas where I've had to call on the Lord but here's what's happened brother Chris I have been conditioned and we need a church one more time that is conditioned that I'm not living from high moment to high moment oh that there are some brothers that the devil has some tactics the devil has some demons the devil has some tricks up his sleeve and I realize that one victory thank God that I won it but as soon as I get up and I catch my breath hell is waiting again and I pray that God would help the church to be prepared it's not our last battle in the altar involved in worship why is our worship sporadic why is it one Sunday I mean you are ho hog can I use that term I'm not picking on anybody's weight We are just whole hog, we're in it. And then there's other times, I mean, it it just, it's kind of like, you Preacher, you're going to have to pry my arms up. Why is that? Why do we go through these cycles? Why do we go through these things? Can I just preach and be real here for a minute? Why do we go through these times? Why do we have moments where we think certain things apply then, but they don't apply now? Why do we have certain ideas to think that's good enough for at that point, but it doesn't apply right now? And I know sometimes it's based upon our feelings in the moment, our mood for the moment. What's going on at that point in time? There's times you can come into this sanctuary and you are broken hearted. You are upset. There are things that your world is falling apart and you just, that reaction, you're going to get into that altar. But I want to say is that it is not, that is not your last battle. It is not your last battle. Fortify yourselves. Take unto you the whole armor of God. And do it every day. Every day. The Bible tells us, I want you to notice this. David, with this experience, I like what one man said. Brother Danny, you can come if you would, please, you and Sister Carolyn. I told you I wasn't going to take long tonight. I know it's a simple thought, probably very elementary for some of you Bible scholars, but nonetheless I believe something to be said. I want you to understand the Bible says this. Or first let me I'm sorry. Let me let me make this read this statement. We cannot hang our hats on one great victory, one great revival, one great move, one great camp meeting. We cannot hang our hats on that. The one mountain that we have climbed and the one Red Sea that we cross through, the one time at the altar or the one experience in the service, we need them continually in our lives. One fellow put it this way. He said, God allows you and gives you the strength, Sister Amy, to climb one mountain so that you get to the top. We always preach and sing about mountaintops. But we get to one mountaintop and he said, I, he said, I believe it's because God wants you up there so you can get a better picture of the next mountain that's in your way. The next mountain that's ahead of you. Well, Brother Jacob, I'm not not liking the way you're making this sound like it's just going to be one continual battle over another. Listen, God knows what we can handle. And God knows what is needed. But I want to tell you, what you're in right now, it's not your first. And it's not going to be your last. And I don't want to stand before God and say that our people will never prepared or never knew or never was the word of God applied. David had grabbed these stones. Listen, 2 Samuel 21 and 22 says this. These four were born to the giant in Gath. Listen, and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. 1 Chronicles 20, verses 4 through 8 says, And it came to pass after this that there arose a war at Gezer with the Philistines, at which time Sabichai, the uh, heshethite I don't know, I'm, forgive me, I'm probably butchering these words, slew Sapiah, That was of the children of the giant, and they were subdued. Now listen to this. Listen to what the scripture says. And there was war again. So they had war, and it says, and that they slew a giant, and it says, and there was war again with the Philistines. And Elhana, the son of Jer slew Lahimi, the brother of Goliath the Gidite, whose spear staff was like a weaver's beam, and yet again, listen, this is the third time, and yet again there was war at Gath. You understand, you see a pattern here. One giant falls, and there's another war with another giant. Another giant falls, Brother Pickens, and yet again there's another war with another giant. Hear me. And the war, and he also was the son of the giant, but when he defied Israel, Jonathan the son of Shimei, David's brother, slew him. These were born unto the giant in Gath, listen, and they fell by the hand of David and the hand of his servants. Now, not every time was David using a sling and a stone, and not every time was it David. David's victory on the battlefield was living proof of the fact that, number one, with God it's possible. But number two, you come to find that after that, the Philistines retreated. But it didn't stop them from showing up again. Because, see, each giant thought we're going to teach them a lesson that Goliath couldn't. Goliath failed, and so we're going to send another. And the Bible said there, Sister Gloria, and again there was war. And again there was war. And again there was war. It is not, Brother Tobin, your last battle, and it's not my last battle. Now, don't get me wrong, we can learn some things in the battle, we can grow and mature in the battle. There are some things that come along in the next one that may not push you over the edge that the first one did because you learned some things. There are some things you learn about the strategies of the enemy. The Bible says, I would not have you ignorant, brethren. And if I may use that premise tonight, I don't want you ignorant, church. Don't hang your hat on one victory. Don't hang your hat on one service. Don't hang your hat on one experience. Don't hang your hat on one thing, one man, one message. Understand. David reached down. He said, there's four more of these big, ugly fellas we're going to have to deal with. And I'm going to be prepared. Because here's the truth. You get into hell's territory and God gives you some victories. The devil doesn't back down. He gets stirred up. He gets stirred up. We said several weeks back. We said it during time of our our consecrated time of prayer and fasting. We have been preaching it and saying it in these services. Brother Willie, thank God for victories that he's given you. But brother, it's not your last. It's not your last. We got to stay in that altar we got to stay faithful. Amen. But I'm glad tonight it is God that brings the victory. It is God that is our helper. Can we just lift our hands all over this house? Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, hallelujah. Father, can we just right now, can we praise him? Would somebody right now give him the glory? You'd say, but pastor, I'm right now, I'm in the middle of a battle. That's all right. Give him the praise because the victory belongs to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody tonight might need to remember it was it's not my first battle and it's certainly not my last. Oh, I, it's not the first time that I've been in the heat. It's not the first time that I've dealt with something. and Lord, I know, I know tonight, let me make preparation because there's going to be war again, and there's going to be war again because the adversary is doing all we can all he can to keep us out of that city. But Lord, tonight I pray let there be a church with a made of mind, with preparation and provision to say we're going to fight. We're going to be on the battlefield. We're going to make preparation. Where one enemy falls, we know another will come up. But the same God that gave us victory today is going to give us the victory tomorrow. Can we stand all over this house? Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, let's praise him tonight. Would somebody praise him tonight? Would somebody lift their hands tonight? Oh, we thank you, Lamb of God. Come on, somebody just glorify. him Somebody just tell him, Lord, Lord, I'm so glad. The battle's not mine, but it's yours, oh Lord. Oh, the victory is not in me, but it's in you. I'm so glad. Oh God. Lord, you've started the work. For some of you, you know he started the work. And you gotta know and realize there's gonna be some more wars. Going to be some more giants for the victory to come. Hallelujah. If there's some folks in this house, you'd say, Brother Jake, I'm believing tonight, not only has he been with me, but I know he's going to go before me. I want us to come. I want us to come and stand across this front. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I want some folks with a made up mind. Come on. I want some folks that'll say, I'm not going to live on one experience. I'm not going to live on one victory. Oh, but can we stand and make a declaration, make a determination tonight? oh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift those hands to heaven. Come on right now and say, Lord, it's not my battle, but Lord, it's yours. It's not my first and it's not my last. Hallelujah, Lord, let us be prepared. for the victories we thank you for the victories but Lord it's not our last it's not the last time you're going to prove faithful it's not the last time you're going to show your power come on church oh who would say Lord I'm going to give it to you Lord I'm going to give it to you hallelujah oh come on Come on, open your mouth and say, Lord, I know you've got the victory. Lord, I know tonight you're providing a victory. I know tonight, Lord, you're making a way. It's not